Hi everyone, it's Witchy Bites. We're back again. Woohoo! Yay! Yes, and we're here for another episode. Uh, we're up to episode 22. 22, yeah, wow. That's so cool. We've done a lot. We have done a lot over the last year and a half. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to be talking about, uh, well, I'm talking about singing bowls. And what about you, Hanny? I'm talking a little bit about, well, what we're actually talking about is like things we're interested in at the moment, things that we're doing. So I took a more doing route and I'm talking about a course I'm doing, some books I'm reading with like things to do, not just books that I'm reading, different things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yay. Excellent. And um, I I guess we should say our names. I'm Liz. And I'm Hannah or Hanny. As I'm found, I'm being called now, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, so I picked singing bowls because I went away for a wedding, a hobbit wedding, which was amazing. I'm still it's waiting probably... to see, see pictures. I want to see pictures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I put yeah. so many on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I have to go on yeah. I have to go on specifically. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was a beautiful wedding and while I was there, there was like a metaphysical store and I happened to just see the singing bowls and they caught my attention and I bought one and now I have done some research <laughs> into how to use it because I really had no idea. It just, it just was like, you know, get this and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, uh. Now, were you, a few years ago, I was... In a, I think it was like a meditation class, like a face-to-face. This was pre-COVID and <laughs> like a year or two before COVID, so a little while ago now. And I think it was in that course at the Page and Cup here in Hobart. <laughs> Did you go to that? Like there was a series of like intro course, like, and there was a meditation one, I think. Mm-hmm. And was Were you there for that one or was that the one you missed? I missed the first one because I got stuck in Bernie. Um, but they did it again, but it was slightly different, you said. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Because in, in that class, that intro class, the woman used a singing bowl and that was my first introduction to it. And I got one a little bit after that. Then I packed it away and couldn't find it until you said you got one. <laughs> so I found it only like a couple of days ago. So I'm very interested in what you have to say about singing bowls. Because when I got mine out, I also was like, I don't know what to do with it now because it's been packed away for so long. So inform me. Go, go for it. Inform you. I'm very very excited about the singing bowl section. All right. So I guess I'm going to talk a little bit about the history to start with, the different names and that kind of thing, and then we'll move into the practical side of things. Most of my information is from Wikipedia, Woohoo. Uh, but I did also go into a few other places, but I found there was a little bit of misinformation. So that's, yeah, a lot of misinformation online. Uh, a singing bowl is a type of standing bowl, like they're bowl shaped and they come in a range of sizes. Um, and they're often played by striking them or they can also be played by rotating the mallet around them. So I'll see if I can get mine to sing while I'm here. I'm not sure how well I'll do, but. Let's go. So that's striking. And then this is singing. So it creates like a musical note. Historically, the bowls have been used in some Buddhist practices to like accompanying meditation. So kind of like the class that you did, Hannah. Mm-hmm as well as chanting and things like that. And they've also become, like, more recently popular with uh, sound therapies. Sound healers and yoga practitioners will use them as well. Uh, They actually originated from China, which is probably not that big of a surprise. (laughs) But they're actually not singing bowls that originated from China, but striking bowls. So they're a little bit different. Okay. And they were called, they're called a now, N-A-O. I probably pronounced that wrong. I'm so sorry. I've never studied Chinese. <laughs> and I wanted to say now because, you know, Japanese. Um, <laughs> uh, and it kind of looked like a, a stemmed 
goblet. Goblet. <laughs> yes. And I kept wanting to say that it was struck with like a um I kept wanting to go mortar and pestle, like struck with a pestle, which is so dumb. <laughs> but it's actually I don't think that would work. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so either. But it struck with a mallet. Okay. Yeah. So okay. kind of similar. Yeah. 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 Uh, singing bowls themselves have become popular since the 70s, so they weren't really a thing before then. So that's kind of Like in the something... West, you mean? Like they weren't a thing in the West? Well, they weren't really a thing in the East either, singing bowls. That's something else. Oh. So we're talking standing bowls here, so they're kind of different. Right. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So variety names for standing bells. There's resting bell, prayer bowl, Buddha bowl, Himalayan bowl, Tibetan bell, ring gong, bowl gong, cup gong. So, you know, they're kind of all around the shape of it, really. Yeah. The ones that can maintain a musical note, so the one that can do the running around the edge, Mm -hmm. um, is what's known as a Tibetan singing bowl. Okay. So are they different from, like, the ones with Chinese origin? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the first references of, like, the kind of gong bell sort of thing is yeah, the from one China. Yep, the one that you actually hit. That's right, yeah. Yep. Um, from the Shang Dynasty, so that's the 16th oh. to the 11th centuries BCE, so we're talking a really long time ago, so steeped in a lot of history. They represented one of the most early forms of chiming bells, so... Ah. Yeah, and then later on they be you, they spread to Buddhism and then larger bells started to be used and that kind of thing. Okay. And they were made out of cast iron. There's some – this is where the misinformation comes in. So the Tibetan singing bowls, the kind of the, – the bowl that can do the rim, they're actually a more modern invention um, mm-hmm. and they've been used in music. So the first kind of references to them were in the 70s and was to do with American music. So oh, wow. even though people are buying them from Tibet, they're not actually Tibetan. Okay. Um, they're just called and that. It's, yeah, and it's because people, you know, were going east looking for spiritual yeah. journey and stuff and Those then there was hippies. a whole bunch of – Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and a whole bunch of people were happy to buy them and use them, you know, so – uh, it was kind of a money-making thing, I guess. Hmm. They are thought to have in- originated from India or Nepal, um, okay. and there's not really any evidence that they're been used in ritual use. So, so these are specifically time, the ones with the that can sing. So when you rub the nail right. around the outside, not just the yeah. striking ones. Okay, so yeah. that's that's the newer one. Yeah. So there's been some concerns with cultural appropriation. With singing mm-hmm. bowls, particularly like, yeah, particularly in things like witchcraft and yoga and and things like that, but there's because there's no actual link to any spiritual practice. It's, I guess, you've got to make your own decision. Yeah. Um, but there's a beautiful article by a uh, Tibetan person that was published in the. Let me find it. So the Star they published an article called in 2020 called Tibetan singing bowls are not Tibetan sincerely a Tibetan person (laughs) uh and so it's just sort of talked about the myth and about how this perpetual myth has kind of harmed Tibetan practice in terms of like you know pretending it's part of their spiritual practice and making money and selling them and that kind of thing um right and like that kind of becoming a you know participant in the oriental yeah, uh, imagination. Yeah, stuff. that's yeah. right. Yeah, this person's opinion, and this is one person's opinion, is that they're not. And of course, history is showing that they're not. Mm-hmm. You've got to decide what's right for you and how you want to work with it. So, yeah, and also just because it's a something newer, if it has no spiritual connection for them, that doesn't mean it can't for other people. Like that doesn't. That's right. It doesn't mean it's lacking in any way. If it helps you and it's not harming other people, i.e. cultural appropriation, it's a great tool. It's just a tool. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I and really the sounds that that I've heard people make amazing like music that is quite you know, it can cause you to have a wonderful experience. So I'm a fan. 
<laughs> me too. Yeah. And I like the way it vibrates through you. And yeah. while I was researching this, I was thinking about how it's really no different to a bell. Yeah. It's just a reversed bell. So yeah. if, you know, if you're taking a singing bowl, but you're then using it with Buddhist practice or with something else and you're not part of that tradition and that kind of mm. thing, then yeah, you're not really using it appropriately, even though it's a modern tool. Mm. Um, you know, just those sorts of things. So just keep all those things in mind. I'm not here to be your mum. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta do what you yeah. you've gotta do what's right for yourself. Yeah, just have yeah. a think about it. Yeah. Don't blindly do things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like going in and buying a singing bowl and then finding out later like, oh hang on a minute, this could have been a problem. Mm. Um <laughs> okay, so music I just want to talk about them musically first. So okay. they are yep. classified in music as a bell, which is also why it works nicely with other types of bells. Mm-hmm. Um and it's because of the way that the vibration works with the open rim. So um yeah, so in in music, like particularly new age music, it's it's used in that place. Okay, and of course you can fill them with water and change the sound and still sing and, you know, make it sing and um, using that in music as well. So some people will have like multiple bowls and then they will play them all and they'll all have different tones and can make like a sound bath from them and that kind of thing. I have I have experienced that online, not in person. I think in person would be amazing. But oh, my God, yes. Even online, like through a recording is just incredible. There's so many YouTube videos um, yeah. and, yeah, just just go watch them. They're really, really cool. If anyone listening has gone to like an in-person sound bath, which is probably a lot of, who knows, a lot of people, or knows of one in Tasmania or even Victoria, I'd like to know. I'd like to yeah. know this. Me too. I'd love to go. Mm. Yeah. Melbourne, like, you know, I would fly to Melbourne and yeah. have good flights at the moment. Mm. Tell us, tell us about it. Um, and also, they're used in uh, kabuki theater as well nowadays. Oh wow! So in Japan, so oh, that's yeah, cool. like, they're used for like you know that kind of theater yes. musical yes. area. Spiritually, they are being seen in the West as a form of alternative medicine, as I said, and that's to do with like vibrational studies. Some people are using them with chakras. Of course, you may not work with chakras because you may see that as appropriation. So you know. Um, again, you decide what you want to do with them in that way. There is very little scientific evidence to support this, just so you know. So, um, yeah, I had a look. I will say the one I got is supposedly a heart chakra one, but I got it because it was green. <laughs> uh, and it was yeah. the pretty. I was like, I want the green one because the purple one isn't, like the dark purple one isn't there. Oh, it's a heart chakra. I thought this green one. That was it. <laughs> that was your thought for it. For me, yeah. it was um, I sat there and I played all of them, the poor shop owner, uh, <laughs> and then I just picked one that, like, resonated with me. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, just to bore you a bit more. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. They're mostly made with something called bell metal, which is an ally oh. of uh, – ally? Alloy <laughs> of it's copper It's a friend. It's an ally of friend. It's a friend of tin. That's right. It is. And, like, it's a – it is. It has to be an ally (laughs) because copper has its own magical properties and so does tin. So think about that when you're using your bowl. Like, what's it made Mm. of? Yeah. Apparently, like, the traditional – and I do this. I say traditional. The bunnies, inverted commas. Yeah. They they were made with seven metals, uh, and they were supposedly associated with different heavenly bodies. Ah. And the most common mentioned were gold, silver, mercury. Great for you. Copper. That was sarcasm, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Tin and lead. Yeah, because they're all they're the metals for all the inner all the planets from the sun to Saturn. Mm. Well, it was actually found that. that the bells made that way uh, don't actually play. So, oh. yeah. So, you know, be, a, be aware of that. <laughs> a bit, Maybe a bit of a myth, a bit of a, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, it's certainly sounding that way. There's some evidence that, like, in early uh, Chinese history that some of them did have impurities in them and, 
you know, but not seven. Like that, there was not that That's history there that I could find. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Therapy. So I do want to talk a little bit about the promises of what they will do for you. And I think you'll notice the same thing I noticed that they seem to resonate with the things that meditation improves. Okay. So I wonder if meditation is more important than the actual sound therapy side of it, but I don't know. Like I said, there's not many, there's only been like a one systematic review done and they covered four, four less biased studies. So just keep that in mind. But they're used to promote relaxation, reduce pain, improve sleep, reduce anger, improve blood pressure, improve respiratory rate, reduce depression, and just improve the general well-being. So, you know, a lot of those things go hand in hand with meditation. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I also found that in, in a lot of the scientific literature, they perpetuated the myth the medical side of it, like when they were talking about the medical health side of it, mm-hmm. they were perpetuating the myth that there were these ancient, you know, singing bowls were ancient and not, yeah. yeah. So the like this was old and done yeah, for centuries. So, yeah. Yeah. So there was some problems. And so again, yeah, but they did, advice. they did actually find that it did help like in these small studies that they found that there were improvements. But again, I do wonder how much of that is, the sound therapy and how much of that is meditation. It might be a bit of both. Well, again, like if you, you play one and it sounds nice or you listen to some of the music and it's nice for you, go, go for it. Use it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So singing bowls don't have to just be made out of metal. They can also be made out of crystal. That's a more modern. Oh, yes, yes. I think I've seen some. Not yeah. in person, online, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's something to be be aware of, I guess. Like you can get different types and for whatever reason. So, you know. I wonder yeah. if they'd be harder to play. Yeah, well, I watched a few videos with the with the crystal bowls and yeah. I I don't know. Like I I didn't I didn't gravitate to it as much as I did the metal, but that's just me personally. But I could see how how like magically using something that is you know made out of crystal could be really yeah you know like yeah yeah I could see how it would be beneficial or how you might connect to it more but I just was practically I was like would the material resonate as much with the sound I don't know I don't know these things that was um, purely curiosity certainly I found people bend one way or the other like online like there were people that use both um but there were people who preferred crystal and people who preferred metal um i don't really know the reasons for that like they didn't like they kind of went into it but i just i didn't really take it in so yeah yeah (laughs) and i've never seen a crystal one in person and i think the in-person holding it and feeling the vibration would have an impact on how you'd feel about it or how you think it would, whether you think it would work better for you. And I've never seen a crystal one, so I don't know. Not me personally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yay for small towns. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things, though, if you do have a singing bowl, um, Mm. people talked a lot about actually using them and playing them and developing a relationship with them and that they, you know, like treat them like you would anything else, like that they have their own spirit and their own, their own will and you, you're trying to build that relationship with them like you do with your tarot decks and that kind of Mm. thing. So yeah. Don't put it in storage for like months and then forget (laughs) about it because then it will hide from you and you won't be able to find it for weeks. I would say from experience. <laughs> a fair thing to say. Yeah. Okay, so some of the things people use their singing bowls to do, it's obviously meditation, improving bodily vibrations, like, you know, trying to move you from lower vibration to a higher vibration. Some people use them to cleanse their chakras. You can also, like, use it to clean a room. So if you're a person who has sensitive lungs who might not be able to do a singing, like, smoke, 
um, burning herbs to clear space. You can do it with a singing bowl so you can move around a room and clear the energies and break them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to try that. One of the things that's really similar to bells is like people used to put bells over cribs and stuff to help, you know, make nice energy. So, again, it's kind of the same thing. It's like that sound vibrational thing. So, again, bells. If you're into bells, I kind of see this as the same thing. Some people said that you can use it to charge things. So Ah. um, you might like to – someone suggested that you write down like something that you want to manifest like Uh on a piece of paper and put it in the bowl and then charge that paper with the bowl's vibrations with the singing. And it still plays the same with something in it? Yeah. so paper. It's not exactly – it's not heavy, big, but like yeah. you can see how big this rose quartz is. It's about what yep. a third of my like palm. A palm. It, it's a palm size, bit bit smaller. It has a bit of reverb, mm-hmm. but it can still play. Like you wouldn't normally put something that big in. Can you make it sing with the with it with in With the there? crystal in it. Let's give it a go. Let me just get the pillow so it's less on my hand. All right. There are people that said that if you have large crystals, just sit them nearby. You don't have to put them in. Some people Which were makes like sense. Yeah. completely even against putting things in the bowls um, and other people were like really for it. So, again, experiment, see what you like. But here we go. See if I could do this without shaking because I'm a bit. Like it is singing a little bit. But this one it. might be a bit big. I if I did it that way. Yeah, too much reverb on that one. But I think but, yeah. with, pra- with practice, and especially with something smaller, you could it'll be fine. Yeah, more like any yeah. musical instrument, you got to practice. Yeah. <laughs> um, people like charge their uh, herbs, like they'll put them in there and. <laughs> do that as well, you know, that kind of thing. And then people even like charge water and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, really thinking about using it to charge something or to clear something is really the way to go. I, like I probably I wouldn't I wouldn't put salt in them though, based on the material that they're made out of. I probably You wouldn't put salt. Yeah. 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 No. They might be okay, but I just would worry that it would burn it away. I mean, you could put it, the salt in something in it, I suppose, yeah. if you wanted. If you really wanted really to. Really wanted to. Or just sit it next to it and let it. Yeah, because you know, that vibra- way. it's a vibrational thing, so. Yeah. And like, and really, like, when you start thinking about this, you can, and like, again, like pointing it towards um, being similar to bells, you could kind of mm. use it in similar ways, like using it. You know, bells were used to summon things. So, you know, be it mm. people, <laughs> like in the schoolyard, Literally, or like yeah. to mark the end of the day, or, you know, and then even in spiritual practice. Like, Which is also like banishing people. It's the end uh-huh. of the day, I'm ringing the bell. Get out. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. But like maybe, like if your ancestors, I'm just making this up off the top of my head, but if they liked, you know, if, if they recognize the bell as a sound, as a summoning sound, you know, yeah. maybe you can be like, hey, like I'm ringing my bell for you to come and say hi, you know, That's if true. you're That's around. True. Yeah. So if you're going to meditate with it, um, I found this thing called, it was on theomshop.com and they had a few tips for meditating with it. They mm-hmm. said like take a moment to decompress, um, sit down, focus on your breath, and then start turning your attention to the sound as your hand moves around the singing bowl. Um, it can also be used to anchor. It could be an anchor to help you focus your meditation. So, you know, it's kind of like a mindful mindfulness thing, like, you know, continually tapping with it and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Chant with it. Yeah. One of the things was to say if you have a particular uh, bowl that's, you know, used for your uh, say for your throat, um, you could like use that to help clear that kind of energy and to get that flowing, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, create music. That's pretty much pretty much it. 
and I have found that I've really liked it for for clearing energy in the space. That's really been my my biggest feel towards it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I haven't quite got playing down like because, like you said, it's a it's a thing that you need to practice with. So, like you know, I'm a little bit jumpy when I'm rolling it around, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I've heard. I may be wrong, but I thought I heard people say that it was actually quite difficult to play. But I didn't find that, so. I didn't either. Like, like occasionally, like, I disconnected, like, when I was rolling around, but that's mm. just practice. Like, yeah. Yeah. And people yeah. talked about, like, having to hit it first and then rolling it around to make it sing, but I didn't have issues with that either. But maybe I've got a ball that is easy to play. Well, yeah, I thought much the same. So maybe mine's just easy. Um, but I also found hitting hitting, and then trying to play did not work. Uh, if yeah. I was going to go around, I had to do that on its own with mine. I don't know. I just, Whereas, I just yes, I read that to, when you're starting out, you, you tap it and then you go around mm. with, with the mallet. But I could not just, get it to work that way. <laughs> it just feels really sudden when you tap it and then try and make it sing. It just feels wrong to me. Yeah, but um I didn't like it. Feels it. like it's disruptive. Yeah. Um someone did say like if your bowl chatters, so because you keep lifting the wand up, um mm-hmm. one of the tips was to um hold the wand at forty five degrees and slow down how the movement because, like, why it's coming off is because you're probably moving too fast. You know, yeah. Just little yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and just – and when I started, I would, yeah, go quite fast and just go a couple of times and nothing's happening. And that's yeah. not how it works. You go slowly and it takes yeah. a little while to build the sound. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Does your mallet have um, velvet? Yeah, it does. And I'm a little bit worried that it's swayed actually and, you know, how I feel about using animal products in my practice. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit gutted that I made that error. Um, I think mine is velvet, but I think you can play it without, without that on it. So you can use both ends. Yeah. yeah, Of the thing if you have one that has it. Maybe it is velvet. I hope it is velvet. I read that it was generally velvet, but... Yeah. Well, I hope it is. I wish I'd done a bit more research, but, you know, I still I'll look at mine. Up, even though we, we can swap if you would like. <laughs> we can swap if you'd like. <laughs> oh, that's true. You can actually buy um, different mallets to use, so don't feel like the one that yours comes with has to be the one you use. So And the know, little pillow can... thing as well. Like you could just get, I don't know, if you wanted a different one. And that's really like people will say that it's to that it will help it play better, um, but really it's just to stop your fingers from touching the side. I think from what I've been playing with, so yeah, yeah, just lay it flat in your hand if you're going to play with it and and see how you go. Yeah, there's not much more to say about singing bells. They're like bells, and just you know that is interesting. I hadn't really thought of them being like bells, but of course they're like bells. Yeah. I would like to know how to make, besides putting water in, because mine has like, um, I think it's painted and it's got things on it, so I don't know if putting water in it would be advisable. But I'd like to know how to make different sounds besides just striking it and making it sing, if there's yeah. another way to do that. Yeah, there might be. There's, mm. there's a lot of tutorial videos online, so, mm. yeah. Yeah, I have to get it out and keep apologising to it and then maybe playing it. Someone said to me that the – oh, sorry. Um, Well, someone said online that the sound changes depending on the time of day. Hmm. I also wonder does it change depending on the temperature for the metal bowls? Like does it have a kind of influence on it? Interesting. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Interesting stuff. (laughs) I was just going to talk a little bit about um, a few different things that I've been doing recently. Mine has no structure because I'm just going to think of it as I go. I got this book by an astrologer called Kaiko, K-E-I-K-O. She's a Japanese lady. 
<laughs> I'm holding up the book to show these, which you can't see because my room's really dark. And it's called The Power <laughs> Wish, and it has a really, really long subtitle. Ooh. So it's called The Power Wish. Um, Japan's leading astrologer reveals the moon's secrets for finding success, happiness, and the favor of the universe. So I read all these reviews for this book, and they were all glowing and saying that, you know, this, this the process works and it's amazing and they're life-changing almost in ways that seemed unbelievable kind of thing. But in the end, I thought, well... I read a review by um, an astrologer I quite like reading their um, predictions. And I thought, okay, if I find it for cheap enough, I'll, I'll get a copy. And, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I did get it from Amazon. And then they had no copies, so it took ages to get here because we're Australia and everything takes forever. The funny <laughs> thing is – <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> The funniest thing to me is that on the front she has an endorsement by um, Marie Kondo, mm. <laughs> which I thought was, you don't have anything to do with astrology. But I thought that was kind of cool. So basically this lady talks about um, making, she said it's, I don't know if it's a traditional Japanese thing to do, but making wishes on the full moon. Like actually making wishes, like, you know, basically doing a spell to get something you want. And she, just through trial and error, she's come up with this, like some rules for making wishes and hers have come true. So she's done little, not little spells, but she's done spells, basically written spells on the full moon and the new moon. And there's, you know, different rules around both of those. It's actually, the book is quite thick, but what you need to do is actually quite simple. Okay. There, are, there are just some rules. There's just certain things you need to write and certain, a few different little things. But basically you write it down in a certain way and it will come true. And reading through it, like a lot of the things she said, like struck a chord with me and I felt, I felt excited by it. Ooh. But logically I was like, this, this can't work like that. But I felt really invigorated by it even though my mind was like this is silly is you know what i mean partly because of everything you've been told about witchcraft and experience with witchcraft is completely different to the processes in this book or no no okay actually the complete opposite a lot of the things she said made sense because of like correspondences and the way magic i feel magic works Sure. But also the claims were so out there, like, you know, this person wanted to meet this guy and she'd be trying for four years, like this certain man. The stories are all also very Japanese, which I really liked because it's all translated because it's just Japanese lady. Mm -hmm. And all the Japanese names remain and I quite like that. And some <laughs> of the things that people want are really if you know a little bit about Japanese culture, you go, that's a really Japanese thing for you to wish for. Mm -hmm. um, and the slightly chauvinistic slash not female empowerment at all kind of wishes oh, that yeah, the I that. females in this book <laughs> were putting forward as, some, as things they wanted just every now and again. I was like, ooh, that's very Japanese in a good way mm -hmm. and a bad way, mostly a good mm -hmm. way. Cultural um, differences. Meaning I love this book. <laughs> um, but, yes, it was a real, it was a real um, dissonance in my mind because what she said made sense, but the things that she claimed, how quickly things could happen, I was like, oh, that, that can't, it can't work like that. Yes, so this woman wanted to meet this man, like she knew of him in her work, and so she did the power wish thing and she'd been trying to, they're in a big company and they worked in different sections. So she saw him reg not particularly regularly and then suddenly after making her power wishes for, you know, a couple of months on the full moon and the new moon in the different ways that you need to, suddenly he moved into her section and started talking to her like out of the blue and a few things like that that seemed really out there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, can't yeah. Work. Can't work in that way. But the reasons that the woman puts forward um, for it working 
fit for me and there was this internal like excitement of oh not even thoughts but just feelings around it of I'm going to try this and see if it works so I've written I've only had it enough to write one wish and it hasn't come true yet I won't say what I wished for but yeah (laughs) I've only done one (laughs) I'm coming up to my next one soon because that's how long it took to get here. I think I waited I waited a really long time to get this book. But I would recommend it. It's interesting if you don't the the section on how to do it, which I won't go through here because well, I could do it in like ten minutes and then you wouldn't need to buy the book and these aren't my ideas. So I won't. But it's very mm. simple. It's really easy to do. You just sit down and write out certain things sort of get into the mood, the feeling. There's rules around the time you can do it, um, can, like the timing for the new moon. It has to be quite exact and, and when you make the wishes, write the wishes for the full moon, she suggests having like a special book, a couple of other things. But you basically just sit down at the right time and write out, write the things out in the way that she says, then add in your wish with certain wording and that's it. That's like, it. I see what you mean. It's a 15-minute exercise twice a month. Yeah, I see what you mean about that seemingly simple. But just reading about it, I was like, well, who cares if it doesn't? It's like 10 minutes. Just do it anyway and see if it does because what have you got to lose? So I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure, I'll try it. So, yeah, Yeah. I wrote wrote one wish (laughs) because that's that's as long as I've had this book. I'm so tempted um, now. And it was really quick to read. Like it's quite thick, as you might be able to see, Liz. Mm. I think it's about three, 300 pages. Mm-hmm. But most of it is there's – it follows astrology as well. So it's like when the moon is – when there's a full moon or a new moon in Capricorn, you make these kinds of wishes. When it, Compared to when it's in Scorpio, you make these other kinds of wishes. So you've got to sort of know your astrology, but you can look yeah. that up. So – you know, the full moon in Taurus, you'll make certain wishes around like money or your house or something like that. Ooh, and that, that makes it more powerful. Right <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be the new moon in Taurus really soon. So maybe that's why I'm thinking about it. Um, so there's certain words and associations. So a lot of the book is each star sign. So each sun okay. sign, each sign. And it goes through the associations and like, you know, make these wishes, word them like this for, you know, when the moon is in cancer or whatever. So the basics of it are like, you know, take, I think I read it in a couple of hours, if that. And then I left the section about each sign and I'll read that as it comes up. That so makes yeah, it sense. Took, it's it took reference Yeah. There's a bit of it that's reference Yeah, okay. So at the beginning it lays out the process and there's the, the couple of sentences you have to write at the beginning of each type of wish or power wish. And then there's wording and, like, power words that you should use and a few different rules. But, yeah, it's, it's – I think I spent half an hour when I actually did it and I'm still waiting. <laughs> but, yeah, it was not very long ago. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, it's just such a simple process – when you've figured out kind of what associated with which star sign, what you're going to put down in your wish. It's interesting, isn't it? Like wishcraft is yeah. such a, yeah, yeah. I love it. And you, I love that it's something simple that you can do yeah. without, like you have to be prepared obviously because, you know, the moons come around on certain days. You've just got but. to think about it and get your timing right. Because she writes down the wording you've got to use. So just sort of look through the book, look at the little section and go, these few sentences, I want this, put it down here, write it like this, add in these extra words, end it in the certain way you have to and it's done. It's like such a spell. Yeah. Yeah. But it's quite a simple one and she talks a lot about, um, a bit about um, how powerful words are and, and your intention behind them, but really the written word is important and to think about how you word things and almost as much as your intention, I'd say, for, for this power wish mm-hmm. um, method. So, yeah, I'd get the book and read it. Uh-huh. She's got a website as well. 
Um, Liz, if you want to read it, you can land my copy. If you Thank like. you. <laughs> I would love to. So is it keikopowerwish.com? I think so. K-E-I-K-O. Yeah. That's her. And, yeah, she has a website which she might outline it there as well. I don't know. Supposedly in Japan she's very famous. Like they know she's quite a thing over there. And, um, I'm not surprised. They love her. I haven't gone to her website yet, but I'm going through to see what else is there because I just I liked the way that she t- wrote. It was very natural, like she was just talking to you. I liked the style. The website's got, like, more things on there, like um, exploring, exploring the themes of past lives and karma for each moon sign, um, a moon sign That's calculator, um, just lo- little little different things like that. She says she says to go to her website and you can look up your moon sign and, and you know, where the moon is, but she doesn't really spruik it very much. She just says go and you can find articles and you can find out about your moon sign, and that's about all. But by the sound of it, there is a bit more there than what she says. Cool. So I really liked it because it was short and sharp, like simple, something simple you could do. So um, the only thing I didn't do was um, I wanted to make moon water, which I don't know if we've discussed, actually discussed making moon water here. So you just put some water out into the light of the moon. Some people have more rigorous rules. However, um, Kiko did say Kiko did say that um, she she suggested putting the like f- really fresh. She said spring water, but I think here we have pretty good tap water. Putting it into a blue glass bottle because the color was really important. And having it be glass was really important because it was the most conductive, which I kind of, I kind of got, but I couldn't find a blue glass bottle. She sells them on I her still... website, but they're not cheap. Nay, I'm just going to get a blue glass bottle from somewhere else. But um, and even her reasoning for because you, you can put the moon water onto your wish. For a time, uh, like just put the bottle onto the written page, or you can drink it while you write your wish, and that's supposed to that's what I wanted to do, and it's supposed to really help because you know the body's mostly water, and so that you take in the moon water and you take in the energies of the moon, and then you put your wish down within the time, and it just really energizes that your wish makes it even more of a power wish, which I liked that idea and wanted to give it a go because I understood. Love like it. the metaphysical stuff around it. Yeah. But I couldn't find uh, a blue bottle. <laughs> can, I, can I read a little bit? So she has a little bit on her website on these blue bottles. I think you must oh, get two, one for the new moon and one for the full moon. And okay. one's a lighter colour blue and the other one's a darker colour blue. Ooh. So that makes the $90 price tag seem a little less scary, I guess. Um, no. She says twice a month on every night. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> That's a lot of money <laughs> for glass bottles. Unless and they're like that might be US. I'm wondering. Anyway, um, because it's got international sales separate to American sales. Um, Twice a month on every new moon and full moon, Kiko uses magical moon bottles to make moon water. Moon water is water encoded with the vibration of the moon, so so consuming – this is the bit that I wanted to say – so consuming moon water anchors you to the universe, purifies energy within your body, and attracts fortune and opportunity. And then she says, to make moon water in these specifically designed magical moon bottles is simple. Just pour mineral water, as you're saying, like the really fancy water, in the bottle and let it bathe under the moonlight for more than two hours. I always think you have to leave moon water out all night. No, she says no. Hmm. I thought it was all night. She has all these guides. Um, Sorry, I'm just getting into her website now. No, it's okay. I haven't looked at it. Feel free um, to add. Go. Got facts <laughs> on moon water on here. What it is, how to make it. Oh, and solar water. Because I think she wrote the book. She's probably still like adding heaps of stuff to her website. But she wrote the book. Originally, she wrote the book in 2017. Mm-hmm. But it was only released in English. I think maybe last year. 
or just before COVID last year. So she's probably added to, you know, her rules and things changed a little. Maybe. Yeah, very accessible. It's all very accessible and she makes it sound quite easy, but I mean, we'll see. Seems mm-hmm. easy is always a plus in my book. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just because when- it. Oh, you go. I was just going to say, especially when you're time poor and stuff, you know, it, yeah. you know if you can do and something that is, that is it, simple, yeah, be- less so than easy, simple. Simple, yeah. Yeah. Because when I was – because I got the book only a few days before whichever moon it was, so I only had a little while to prepare. So I was thinking about it a lot and I was worried that I wouldn't quite have – exactly what I wanted in mind, like my wish sort of ready because you had to think about a few different things. But like I did in the end and it was fine. Um, so it's not – it's a simple thing to do but you've got to – you've got to – you can wish for the same thing on the full moon and the new moon over and over. Mm-hmm. But the way you word it would be different. So you'd focus on different aspects of what you wanted depending mm. on the moon. So if you wanted to, to buy a house, because um, I want to buy a house, you would <laughs> think about the finances on a certain moon, but then you think maybe like if it wasn't a moon that was particularly com- associated with money, so the full moon in Cancer, you might think about who you wanted to live in the house with, like your yeah. family or, yeah, you know. Yeah. So you'd associate it with different things, but you had to sort of get, you had to figure that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. you know, you can do different things each time. Yeah. She also said, you know, I did. I made one wish, but you could make as many wishes as you wanted. If you wanted to write ten different things out, you could. You don't just have to put it all into one. I kind of love that because different things can be achieved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what, like, almost like it's almost like a checklist of getting what. Not what you yeah. want. That's not what I mean. But like um, a checklist of things that you're aiming for and your goals and yeah. stuff. And yeah, so you totally <laughs> I love could. that. You've just you've just got to put the few like structured in the way that she puts forward. But yeah, you could make however many wishes you wanted. Because when I was first reading, I was like, oh, how am I going to like? I have to think about when I make which wish, when and how I can time it all, and then she was like, oh, you can make as many wishes as you want. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. You just have to word them correctly. <laughs> um, I kind of – I just got to share this because I think this is kind of sweet and easy to do if you are uh, someone who can't show your practice very openly in your house, yeah. for example. Yeah. She says, if you get into the habit of drinking new moon water once a month, your life rhythm will become regulated and you will start to sync up with the universe. Yeah. I just love cool. it. That is something she says in the book. Like I think she mentions that it's easy to do if you can't openly practice something really witchy because you just sit down and write in a notebook. Yeah. You don't have to make moon water or do any of the other things. You just have to write it out, as she says, like with her rules and in her timing. And that's it. <laughs> so you could just, you could, doesn't matter. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Well, I have one other thing that I want to talk about that I'm Yay. doing only really briefly, really. Yeah. Um, I may have told you this. I don't, I don't know. But I spoke on the herbalism introduction to herbalism episode we did two episodes ago three episodes ago yeah yeah, yeah. because of the tales one anywho um i spoke about um the chestnut school of herbal medicine yes you did and they have they have a couple they have three three main courses one's a medicine making course a foraging course and um the herbal immersion which is sort of both of those put together plus other stuff, mm-hmm. like a full, like apprenticeship as in, in herbalism and it's all online. It was expensive, but they had a lot of free stuff, which is why I spoke about it on that episode. They had a lot of stuff you could access for free. And they had a short course not that long ago, like an intro 
to like an introductory module on from each of those. So there was a medicine making one, a foraging one, and like an overall kind of introduction to herbalism. And it was really good. And it, for for something that was free, it was it was a really good. It was really short, but it was really good. Like it had all the elements. It had some. It had videos. It had a printable little booklet, um, and it was a lot of content that they put together. And I really liked it. Like I really liked um, the. I suppose she's the owner. Like she's the main herbalist, and this is her business. And her name is Juliet Blank Blankenspore Blanket Spore. And I thought it was just. Did you take? Did you create that name Spore to go with your business? Because it's just fantastic. I love your name. Um, I really liked her her approach. Like they have great. They're from the um, Alapachin Mountains. I hope I said that right. Uh, and so they've got the yeah. great sort of mild, mild sort of southern accent, <gasps> which I really like. So oh I could listen to her. God. I could listen to her talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. I so sorry, sorry, just to butt in with something go. completely unrelated. Uh, I think. <laughs> It was the spooky sode with um, the witch bitch amateur hour. And yeah. there was a times where Macy said things that sounded really southern and I just found myself repeating them Going, and I was like <laughs> I don't know. And it was always the letter A. It was just like, Oh my god, just talk to me in Southern, I'm cool. <laughs> I know, and they they in one of their episodes they talk about how they've tried really hard to not be so southern like mm. Southern American accent, like to, to work with their voices so they don't sound so, which made me think, oh, my God, my accent must be so awful for people who are not from from Australia or Tasmania. It must just, like, grate on their ears or something. So the chestnut, I'm just pretty sure it's the chestnut school of herbal medicine. Let me just check so I'm telling you exactly what the right name. Just need to Google it while you are. The Chestnut School of Herbal Medicine. Herbal medicine. So, um, yeah, so they have their three paid-for courses and they have lots of free stuff online. So um, I guess I'll give the link to Liz to put in the show notes again. Um, and I've been wanting to do one of their courses since I found out about it for that, found out about the school for uh, no, that's not true. I didn't find them for that episode. I had heard of them before from another um, – I think she started out as a herbalist, but she's like um, one willow apothecary, Asia Sula. She attended attended when they did in-person courses. She attended this school and she raved about them and said that they were great. So I did look them up a few years ago, but, again, it was where it's on the price range at that point. Um, but it was one of, like, it seemed really good. I'd heard really good reviews about it and it was supposedly one of the better, especially online schools. So just recently, um, they had a spring sale. <gasps> so I enrolled. Oh, which one did you enroll in? I'm just looking at the I courses now. I enrolled in the Herbal Immersion course. Yep. It's yep. two years. There's payment plan. It is a bit of a commitment. But um, I think it was 20 or 25% off. So it was a real lot of – it was quite a big chunk of it off when I enrolled. So – One of their modules has simple syrups and then cocktails and mocktails. <laughs> it, it's, it's a massive course. It's a really, really massive course. So you enroll and you get um, lifetime access. Cool. You have, I think, two and a half years – where you can contact people. So you've got your tutors that you can contact, you can ask questions. Um, there's a bunch of discounts in the United States. They have a real lot of discounts for enrolled students to buy like bulk herbs and all kinds of things. Mm. So, there's, you know, it, for, for people in the United States, it's really worth it. Um, I think I could access a lot of the discounts, but with the... For me, with the less, with the, the discount, the, um, discount on the course price, I thought it was really good. Um, 
and that you can do you can take as long as you need you don't have to it's designed to be done in two and a half years which means it's structured in such a way that you can do it you don't have to just do module one to I think there's 18 modules um you can do it in any order really they suggest doing the very first one because it's got um there's a lot about botany in that first episode, uh, first episode, first module. <laughs> um, hey, guess who's in podcast mode? Um, but you can do, after that, you can do them in any order. So if you start, you can start at any time, which I really liked. And yes, it's two, two and a half years access to asking questions of teachers and, and, um, I suppose getting mentorship in a way. But you get access to it forever, and when they up, update it, you get access to all the updates. And they were going to do a really big update just after <sighs> after this sale. They were also going to put the price up from what I had gotten from what I saw before, and I haven't dared look at how expensive it is now. I'm just um, looking at the um, the. So this is the medicine making course, so not the mm. big big boy that you're doing. Yeah, um, <laughs> that sounded charming. Um, and it's I'm doing a big boy. <laughs> doing a big boy. It's a really long course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if the medicine making course, the price is quite reasonable, and you can. Uh, um, I don't know if they have you have a payment. Oh no, they do. I think they have a payment plan for that one. $109 per month, six monthly payments. And if you do, if you pay it up front, the medicine making ones, $400? They put the price up a lot since mm. I looked at it, since I enrolled. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot. Because I think when I looked at it, it was three, just under four, full price. Yeah. So. They've added a lot of content to all the different courses, but particularly the herbal immersion. I'm really glad I enrolled now because that's they're probably really expensive. Then, um, <gasps> holy crap! I won't, I won't say how much I paid for the. I don't want to scare anybody because it is it's a commitment, like it is a two and a half year course. But I'm really excited about it. I'm really really excited. I've been. Um, I've been doing a few different things with herbalism and it's kept coming up in my life, well, even before I did that, the episode that we had. Mm. Um, I mean, it looks really detailed, so like, looking at so all the much lessons content. and stuff, it's yeah. really cool, modules. Well, there's there's about 18 modules and I think between like 15 and 20 lessons in each one, it's a huge amount of content. And there's videos, there's a manual that's like 1,500 pages long, 1,000, yeah, about 1,500 pages long to go with it, plus a medicine-making add-on manual. Mm. Um, the price I paid I thought was worth it. I mean, I, if I had, if I made more money, I would, you know, the price it is I would think is worth it, but mm. it, that's out of reach for a lot of people, mm. I would think, especially now. There are payment plans, so if it's something that interests you. But um, the free content they have is really, really good, which mm. also really – that also sold me because I was like, well, I can afford this at this discounted price, and if that means I can give make more free content as well, I think that's really good because they do the, – their free content, like their blog is really good and they have lots of guides and, and things that you can just download freely and they have a newsletter with quite good content in it as well. That's all free. Yeah. Um, and they run like the little introductory course every now and again, um, the three lessons that are free, and there's a lot of content in that and really good like quality content. Um, this lady, Juliet's been – Juliet? Julia has been a herbalist for quite a long time. And they say an herbalist, which I love, <laughs> <laughs> with their great accents. <laughs> and um, the music is that they have over the course, um, they've gotten from a local artist in the area. And, oh, I and love that. Yeah. And it's all really like um, like bluesy, rootsy, folk kind of, which I really like as well. Appalachian, did you say? 
Yeah, the Appalachian yeah. Mountains. Yeah. yeah, I think they're in the s- Southern Appalachian Mountains. I'm not. That's what it I'm says. not a hundred. Yeah, I just found it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like Carolina, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly where that is because I, love, I don't know anything about that area. <laughs> I love this. They say that they're a herbal school founded in Cherokee nation territory in which is currently known as Asheville, north carolina that's huge yeah 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 i love that they're doing that a lot of places especially a lot of the herbalists in that area particularly that i know of yeah and even just um new agey witchy inverted commas businesses a lot of them in the united states now say that oh it's fabulous yeah, this business is on non-ceded land of, and I love it. I, I mean, really think we could we could take a lot from that for here. We we do it. We definitely do it, and we've been doing it probably longer than the US. But um, um, it's but really no, it's, cool. It's, it's something to me like people don't do it on a personal level. If you know what I mean, like they might do it for their business, their one-person businesses, but it doesn't come across as much as that. Like I've seen people talk about, I live, I have this personal blog, this is where I live, on unceded land of et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Some people do that, but I haven't seen it as much, but I haven't, I also haven't been looking for it here as much. Mm, okay. But when you read an about page on a blog and someone talks about where they live, they'll say, mm-hmm. They'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I don't know if they do that as much here. I haven't yeah. seen it as much. Okay. Yeah. I could be wrong about that though. Might just be what I'm looking at. Um, but as far as the course goes, and also the moon book, um, I've been, I suppose, I wanted to say about both of these because just recently – A few months ago, I went to see a shaman, no, a person, a lovely lady who has shamanic practices. She does not call herself a shaman. (laughs) She made that very clear, so I'm making it clear for her again. (laughs) Um, So I had a bone reading with her. It's amazing. It was really incredible. She's a great, great reader. Um, And she said one of the things I needed to do was get into, get in touch with, the cycles of the earth, mm-hmm. like the, the natural cycles of, of – she wasn't – she didn't specifically say seasons, but she said like the cycles of nature. She get in contact with nature, that kind of thing. And at first I thought it was, you know, wheel of the year-esque kind of mm-hmm. the seasons, that kind of thing. And since then I have put together like a bit of – a slightly different wheel of the year for myself. Mm-hmm. But I found that the moon and the herbalism is what that meant, is mm-hmm. what is that's what I should be doing. Not so much celebrating the seasons, but actually real hands-on growing stuff, herbalism kind of stuff. But also the moon, like the cycles of the moon and the influence it has, mm-hmm. those are the kinds of cycles that I feel like are calling out to me at the moment anyway. Yeah. But the herbalism stuff, I'm one of those people who has phases, like I'll be interested in something and then I'll learn a little bit about it and then I'll probably move on. Mm-hmm. But this is stuck around. This is one of those things that I'm still quite interested in. And Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So That's it's standing amazing. out a bit more. Yeah. So I waited for it to wane after – you know, doing that episode, I thought, yeah, you know, I've got you've got some things that you can look at now and you'll probably get over it or move on to something else like you often do. Mm-hmm. But when it stuck around for a bit longer and then suddenly that sale came up and I thought, no, this is... This is your sign. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is the thing I need to do now. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact yeah. that I've dipped into it on and off since then, it's only been like I think a month now. Yeah. Um, but I'm still really, really excited by it. That's It's pretty telling. So That's I great. think I'm heading down mm. like a bit of a, a herbalism path. That's Maybe awesome. just for a while, but hopefully for two and a half years. 
till I finish this. I mean, it's a lot of money, uh, so I hope so. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I think I think it will. I think it'll be a thing for a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, and and that feeling of 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 connection and of doing the right the right thing in inverted commas. It just feels very right. The moon work, mm-hmm. as well as uh, the herbalism and working with plants. It's, right. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. So I wanted. Those are my two things at the moment. I love um, that. And I think I think they're going to stick around for a while. So I might even I don't know have a bit of a an update on how I'm going or what new herbalism thing I'm doing mm-hmm. as we go along because mm-hmm. it's a bit of a it's a bit of a thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that was that was really really um, interesting. Thank you for sharing that with everyone because it's very personal. That's, that's fine, and and I liked hearing about the singing bowl. I'm much more interested in my singing bowl now. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it was a pretty Sorry. pretty dry just a topic, but um, I'm I'm really excited. I didn't to... know. I didn't know much about them. Me, judging by what you said. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know but, very much. Um, and I'm more excited now to to have a go with it in different ways. Like, you know, I'm already yes. doing those things yes. in my practice, so to incorporate the singing bowl into my practice doing those yeah. things is kind of cool. So, yeah, yep. And the sound energy clearing, I'm totally doing that. Yes. yes. Totally doing that. I think that will be great, yeah. great thing to try. So thank you. Thank you. For um, sharing as well. Um, yeah. yeah, and we'll catch everyone at the next episode. Yeah, listen in again. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. Catch All right. Listen. We've got a tipsy tale coming out next. Oh, yeah. And it's your Look story. Look forward to that. <laughs> the Irish fairies. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to it. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye.